What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bringing Your A-Game with APAT. For this episode, we have a lot to get into with sports. Um, a lot has went on since our last episode, but I'm going to try to keep it as short. I mean, who am I kidding? It might be a long episode than last one, um, but we kind of have a lot of things to jump into, a lot going on in the sports world. Going to jump into college football, biggest thing, Nick Saban retiring last week. Even thought about doing an emergency pod, but also had something to tune into the last week, which is why I couldn't do it. We're going to talk about that. Um, let's talk about the landscape of college football, maybe even jump into some college basketball. But most importantly, we're going to review, go over what happened in the NFL wild card weekend who's moving on, what to expect from these games in this upcoming weekend, and just anything else with sports that I can figure out. Um, I know those were the main things I wanted to jump into on today's episode, but I hope everyone is doing well. hope everyone's doing great. Sit back and relax, and we're going to get this thing started. So down in Tuscaloosa, Nick Saban has finally decided to give it quits after losing to Michigan in the Rose Bowl. He's deciding to, he decided last week to retire. And a few days later, the Crimson Tide hired Kalen DeBoer of the Washington Huskies, a team that actually made the national championship game before losing to, of course, Michigan. And, a lot to say on this topic. Uh, first things first, um, Nick Saban, what a coaching resume. I believe he has a total of six championships while he was at Alabama. Um, seven overall because I think he won one at LSU. I want to double check that for sure, but um, congratulations on a great coaching career. This is not a shock to me as much as people believe. Um, I think, you know, his time has just came up. He's, you know, with the landscape of college football, with NIL, um, not having as much, and I know this sounds crazy, but not having as much success um, as he did in those late 2000s, um, early 2010, and of course, his last national championship came in 2020. Um, I knew eventually this day would come because of the landscape of college football, how NIL is impacting players going from one team to another, how that's making it hard on a lot of the coaches to manage players because of that. Um, even just from some of the comments. He made um, in the last few years um, how he has managed team expectations, um, even coming on, you know, begging for his team to make the playoffs after a two-loss season last year. And a whole bunch of different things went into that um, for me, which is not surprising. But I have to give credit where credit is due. Um, he's definitely cemented himself as the GOAT coach of college football definitely on mounts rushmore um 
he will not be missed by a lot of people. I think a lot of people are actually rejoicing. Um, you know, of course, I think people, if you're an Alabama fan, you're going to miss him. But, um, yeah, um, you know, just give the man the credit where it's due. And I am correct. He won seven total. One at LSU, six at Alabama. I mean, that's a remarkable uh, way to go out. One other thing I did want to add with Nick Saban, coach of career, I want to say is that what's spectacular about his career is how things started and how he went on a domination so forth where he, I just think back to the days at LSU where, you know, when LSU was in the SEC championship game against Tennessee and Nick Saban makes the necessary adjustment and has that team knock off the volunteers. Um, and, you know, that's basically, you know, the end for Tennessee for so be it for so many years to come and how Nick Saban basically goes on this, on this, I'm trying to find the word for it. Basically, just goes on up from there, you know, goes on to win a title LSU, NFL route for a short bit, comes back to Alabama, goes on that route at Alabama to win six national championship games. I sit back and remember, you know, if he does not win the SEC championship game, what does the SEC look like? Does, is he the Nick Saban that we know of today if he loses that game? and I think that's one thing that's going to always stand out because his coaching in that game and them being able to win that game, even though they didn't win the championship, the national championship that year, that was the beginning of something special and something with Nick Saban. I think I remember, of course, the good defenses he had while at Alabama. I remember the 2011 season, game of the century between Alabama LSU, Alabama losing their first game at home, ultimately avenging that loss in the national championship game. Don't know if they really should have rematched in that game because LSU won the SEC and everything that played out. BCS era, nonetheless, you know, still a championship game won. Um, I don't lie on this podcast, you know, obviously I'm a Georgia fan. Um, the many times he was able to beat Georgia, um, ultimately, you know, Kirby Smart comes in, beats him for a championship, and if I'm not mistaken, that's the last time they were in a national championship game. So I say all of that to say, you know, congratulations on a great coaching career. There were many coaches that literally did not last in the SEC because of Nick Saban. That's quite frankly to put it, you know, a lot of coaches could have, their coaching careers could have went a different way if not for Nick Saban and um, his team basically blowing that up. And um, congratulations. And, you know, this is something you definitely want to remember, whether you love or hate the man. It's something that you're going to tell your kids. And hopefully, you know, we say 
that it'll be nothing like it ever again. And it may not be because of the state of college football and the way the playoff is going. But it is definitely remarkable and a memorable one for sure. So, again, I cannot say this enough. I said this plenty of times on the podcast. Congratulations on a great coaching career. We segued that into the hire of Kalen DeBoer. A lot of people um, were asking me, how do I feel about the hire? Do they think it's a home run? I'm still kind of having mixed feelings on that, and I can break that down. On one end for it, I think it's a good hire because of what Kalen DeBoer brings as an offensive play caller. Um, and many people know, Nick Saban, he was known as a defensive coach, and he was able to kind of bring people in um, for offense while he was coaching at Alabama. And I know the offense was definitely the Achilles heel of this team this past year. I think Kalen DeBoer coming in, that's going to be a strength and a strong point for the team because he's a known winner. Um, obviously, you see what he did at Washington. You've seen what he did at Division Two level. I believe he's from Sioux Falls, actually, which is funny because when I worked in Minnesota um, and we talk about Minnesota State, um, Sioux Falls is, of course, one of those teams that they go out there and play or that many people know about, mainly because it's close in proximity. But he is a known winner as a coach. And I think he will be able to have success because of the resources and the tools of Alabama to at least win enough to keep that team um, to be competitive for sure. Which kind of goes into my next point. With him being in Alabama, winning enough is not good enough <laughs> just to basically keep it put at Alabama you're of course you're expected to compete for national championships and most importantly you have to be Auburn and one of the thing that the thing that has me with mixed feelings about this is with him being a great offensive coach I need to see who he is bringing in on the defensive side of the football. Now, contrary to what you may think of how you saw Washington in the national championship game and some games throughout throughout the season, Washington defense, they weren't necessarily, they definitely were not a bad defense. They weren't great against the one, but you would say they had a decent defense. I think what's going to be, critical and crucial for DeBoer going into his first season and many seasons to come if he stays there as long. Who does he have running the defense? Can he recruit the type of players to play at a at an elite defensive level um, to be a staple? Because the most important thing for for DeBoer especially I would say in his first season is we know what your strength is and we know it could be um, it could be definitely a a tough challenge coming to your first season because it's new 
and you're going to have to recruit players and you got to bring players in. Now, speaking of that, you got the transfer portal. Um, Mon hitting the portal. Caleb Downs, who was arguably the best player on the team for the Tide, um, the safety for the Tide. He is in the portal as well on the defensive side of the ball. He is going to have to show that he can recruit and bring high-impact level players and elite players to Alabama. Now, I'm not sure I'm not sure if he can do that at such a high level to where Nick Saban did it. I think that would be kind of hard, a bit misleading, and kind of just really I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm just not sure we should put it in that realm. However, I do think he will have what he needs because of Alabama, because of everything that he has around him, because of the supporting cast and what he is trying to build. I think he can bring a few guys in. I just think in this age of college football, it's a young coach's game. It's a young man's game. And you're going to need guys on that side of the football to help keep you in the playoffs, to help keep you in games, especially in that first season, because we know how things can get. I think that's the other thing. People forget kind of what Alabama was like before Nick Saban, after um, Gene Stallings era. Um, I, I think I would never wish that on <laughs> a team or um or fans of that particular school. But we know that Alabama has such a demand for coaches, a demand for winning, a demand for excellence that you have to meet. And I know Nick Saban has really set that level higher, but this has been the way Alabama has been set for years. And when things aren't shaking your way, you're going to need something to balance that out and, I think the board will be able to be good enough. I'm just not sure if he's good enough for Alabama. So we'll see more about that as the as more comes out about you know who he decides to bring on um, as the college football season rolls around again, SEC media days and whatnot, and we will look back upon this, but. I would give the Tide, uh, I would say that was a great hire for them, given the coaching carousel. Um, I knew they, I knew they, um, I think that's who they wanted for sure. I know reports came out with Dan Lanning being reached out to. Um, I'm not sure if Davo Sweeney was one. I know that was just kind of a rumor mill. I knew Kirby Smart wasn't going to go. But I think this is a great hire for Alabama. And we'll wait to see how things shape out for them. Moving on to the NFL. Oh, my goodness. This wild card weekend was one um, for the ages. <laughs> you know, I, I'm i I'm still in kind of a awe or uh, I wouldn't say disbelief, but really just an awe of the games and everything that happened this past um, weekend, this past Saturday. Um, most importantly, starting with the Texans and the Browns, the Texans dominating the Browns at home 
45-14 to 14 to move into to move to the next round. They will face the Ravens this upcoming Saturday in Baltimore. Um, going into this game, I thought the Browns' defense was one of the best defenses, and I thought the Browns would win the game because of that, because of Joe Flacco, play action, Browns being able to find ways to win games. But C.J. Stroud was so untouchable. He was very... He kept that Browns defense off balance. He was making the right throws. He was making the right plays. Um, I knew he would be able to do some things, but I did not. I can. I'm not gonna lie to you. I did not see that coming. But congratulations to the Texans. Um, like I said, Demarco, Demico Ryan's definitely deserves Coach of the Year, Rookie Head Coach, first year, C.J. Stroud. He deserves Rook of the Year, possibly MVP considerations, but you got Lamar Jackson on the other side. And how fitting is it that you have two elite quarterbacks playing in the playoffs? I think that is um I think that is the best thing about this upcoming matchup. If um I'm doing an early pick, I do think Baltimore is the better team. I do think they have a better defense that will show up at home. I do think C.J. Stroud will ball out. He will make some plays and make some throws. I just think the Baltimore Ravens are the team to be in the AFC, and it's going to be really hard for the Texans to get a win in Baltimore. Another one that was a huge shocker to me, I think the biggest shocker of all was the Green Bay Packers. Dominating the Cowboys at home, 48-32. That score is not even indicative of how dominant the Packers were in this game. I believe it was 48-16 or 13, something like something of that matter, I believe. Um it was a blow. It, it was 20, I remember it was 27 to 7 at halftime. And I was shocked because that day um I basically went to church, went out in nature, got some fresh air. Um Went to get something to eat, checked on the score, and the game was out of hand by halftime. And I'm just like, how how can the Cowboys, you know, let this happen? Um, the Cowboys, you know, that, you know, a lot to be said about the Cowboys having that big of a meltdown. I mean, they could have lost by like a touchdown field or a field goal, but to be dominated at home like that speaks volumes. They... I think there are reports that uh, Mike McCarthy will be back in Dallas. I think he should be gone, to be quite honest with you. Um, that is just unacceptable. That is just, I'm sorry, that is very unacceptable. Nonetheless, Jordan Love and the young wide receivers for this game took control of this game early on throughout the game. It was no doubt. The Packers move on to the divisional round. They will go to San Fran to face Brock Purdy in the 49ers. I do think this is actually going to be a sneaky good matchup. They play at 8-15 this Saturday, January 20th. I do think the 49ers win this game. I think they're, I will hope, <laughs> they're better equipped to defend Green Bay and those receivers. Um, But we're going to go with we're going to go with the 49ers right now going into that game another one 
I think this was a good game and what we expected on the Rams and the Lions. Lions getting their first playoff win in years. They won against Matthew Stafford coming back home uh, with the Rams after being traded from Detroit. They won the Lions win 24-23. Able to hang on in the second half. I believe they scored 21 points in the first half. Only scored three points in the second half. Made the necessary plays to get the win. Um, the Rams, Matthew Stafford played a great game as well. Nakua, I believe that's how you say his name, set a rookie um, record for yards in the game, for receiving yards in the game. That can that That is very impressive. I'm just impressed with Sean McVay and how he brought this Rams team to the playoffs, how he developed those young players. Enough cannot be said about that. However, the Lions have won the first playoff game in years. They get to host another playoff game at home. They will host the Buccaneers this Sunday, January 21st, which goes into kind of our next game. The Tampa, I mean, you know, other game of the week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers dominate the Eagles at home, 32-9. to I have to keep this short. I thought the Eagles would be able to, you know, turn it on, figure out, play playoff football. I was worried just like everybody else coming to it. But I thought the Eagles would find a way. No, the Bucks, the Bucks were dominant. It was no question about who was the better team. But the Buccaneers and Lions are at Ford Field this Sunday at 3 p.m., I'm going with the Lions in this one. I hope the Lions can ultimately make a run to the NFC Championship game um, and hopefully host the, hopefully play the 49ers. Who would love to see the Lions in the Super Bowl? Just let me know in the chat. Um, other two games, I will say, so the other two games were Miami and the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought the Dolphins had no chance. I was correct on that. Chiefs won 26-7. I think it was four degrees that Saturday. They advanced to the next round, and they will play the Bills, who, quite frankly, had to reschedule their game from the Steelers. Ultimately played on Monday, won against the Steelers 31-17. You got Bills and the Chiefs itself. It is in Buffalo this time go around. I think this is going to be a great game. This game never phases to be a good one when Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes meet. I think, and right now with the way I'm feeling, they play at 6.30 on Sunday. Mahomes, this will be his first away playoff game, which I think is not being talked about enough, but very interesting. I'm going with Mahomes on this one. And only because Mahomes, for whatever reason, seems to show up in the playoffs. Um, the conditions, both teams, I think, will be ready for it. Um, I, 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 have some, I can't count out the defending champions just yet. I know all the problems with the wide receivers dropping balls and whatnot, but give me the Chiefs. If the Bills win, I'm not going to be mad either way. But it's just something telling me to go with Mahomes and the Chiefs to get to the conference championship game. And 
I think it's going to be the Chiefs and the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. I believe it's going to be the Niners and the Lions. And then in the NFC Championship game, that is all for today's podcast. Kind of kept it under 30 minutes for sure. But um, nonetheless, I'm glad I'm able to do this podcast. I appreciate those people who tune in, those listeners who love what love what I have to say and just love hearing and talking about sports. Of course, if you have any comments, um, concerns, um, suggestions, uh, feel free to drop them down in the comment section um, in the questions that we have um, on the podcast page as well. Um, and follow the podcast on Instagram at Bringing Your A Game with APAC. You can also follow us on YouTube for the video um, as well. And we just really thank you for tuning in. We'll be back this. We'll be back next week after the game, unless we have an, another emergency situation. I'll be able to bring that in. But I hope you all have a wonderful week weekend. I hope you enjoy the games and be sure to listen into our next episode. I hope you have a wonderful night. Good night from Atlanta, and let's watch some football.